0: 28
1: News. It's one o'clock. I'm out Wong. The headlines. All kindergartens and childcare centres will be closed from Saturday to prevent the further spread of flu. The Legislative Council rejects a motion to summon Justice Secretary Teresa Chang on CY Leung's UGL case. And the city's highest court says the 2014 baton attack by retired Superintendent Frankly Chu cannot be condoned. The government has announced that all kindergartens and childcare centres will start the Lunar New Year holiday from Saturday, a week ahead of schedule to prevent the further spread of flu. So far, more than 370 kindergartens and childcare centres have suspended class for a week following flu outbreaks. The Health Secretary Sophia Chan made the announcement after holding an interdepartmental meeting this morning. So after considering the factors, including uh, the latest uh, surveillance uh, situation, the number of outbreak kindergarten as well as uh, childcare centres, the number of uh, the statistics about the hospital authority, uh, paediatric ward uh, admission as well as uh, occupancy, so we consider uh, a basket of factors. Lawmakers have voted down a motion to summon the Secretary for Justice, Theresa Chang, to the council and release papers related to her decision not to prosecute the former Chief Executive CY Lung over its acceptance of a $15 million payment from Australian firm UGL. Before the motion was put to vote, she told lawmakers there had been past occasions where a decision not to sue a senior official was made without seeking outside opinion. Legal sector lawmaker Dennis Kwok, who submitted the motion, earlier outlined what other actions, pan could take over the matter.
0: We will continue to press the same questions to her when she comes to the administration and legal services panel on the 28th of January. And if there's still no satisfactory answers are given, there will be other actions taken by the pan including the possibility of pursuing a private prosecution against Mr. CY Leung.
1: The Court of Final Appeal says that retired police superintendent Frankly Chu's unwarranted use of force when he struck a man with his baton during the 2014 Occupy protest cannot be condoned, even though the judges said they have sympathy for him for finding himself in a highly regrettable situation. The judges made the remarks as they handed down the reasons for their earlier decision not to hear his appeal against his assault conviction. He has already completed a three-month term for assault occasioning actual actual bodily harm. Australia has demanded that China handle the case of a detained Sydney-based writer transparently and fairly. It says its embassy in Beijing will meet with authorities this morning for further clarification of Yang Hanjun's case. Mr Yang, who has dual nationality, is a former Chinese diplomat and critic of Beijing. He disappeared last weekend while heading to Shanghai. Here's the BBC's Haywell Griffiths.
0: On Saturday, he was due to board a flight from Guangzhou to Shanghai, but according to friends, he was instead taken away by officials to Beijing. The Australian government says it has now been informed by the Chinese authorities that Mr Young is being detained. It's asked for clarity on the reasons why and is demanding to see him. There are concerns that the move may be retaliation by the Chinese government for the arrest of a Huawei company executive in Canada.
1: Canada's ambassador to China says he thinks senior Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou has a strong case to avoid extradition to the United States, and says he hopes she'll soon be released. Ms. Meng was detained in Vancouver last month at the request of the U.S., who accused her of violating sanctions on Iran. Sean Kennedy reports. Canada's ambassador to China, John McCullum, said Ms Mung had quite good arguments on her side, including the fact that President Trump has politicized the case. He appeared to be referring to comments from the U.S. leader last month that he would intervene in the case if it served America's national security interests or helped close a trade deal with China. In his interview, Mr. McCullum also said extradition would not be a happy outcome, a remark that's certain to irritate the White House. He predicted three possible outcomes. First, extradition, which could take years. Second, Washington could make a deal with Beijing and drop the case. And third, a Canadian court might reject the U.S. request. Beijing says it's recruited more than 1.7 billion US dollars in unpaid taxes from those working in its film and television industry since October. The announcement follows the high profile de- detention of one of the mainland's top actresses, Fan Bingbing. The authority said Ms. Fan had evaded taxes by using fraudulent contracts that underrepresented her pay, a practice that was said to be rampant across China's entertainment industry. The Vice President Wang Qishan has told the World Economic Forum in Davos that China and the United States can't do without one another. Mr Wang, one of Beijing's most senior officials, said that mainland and U.S. economies were mutually indispensable, so their relations must be mutually beneficial. Both sides are due to resume trade talks next week and were expected to meet on the sidelines of the annual conference in Switzerland. But the White House cancelled the U.S. delegation's trip due to the partial government shutdown in Washington. North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un is quoted as being greatly satisfied at a letter he received from President Trump as the two men prepare to hold a second summit next month. State media gave no indication of what was written but said Mr Kim spoke highly of Donald Trump's positive message. In his New New Year's address, Mr Kim said he would meet President Trump again to advance their common goal of denuclearizing the Korean Peninsula. The Democrat Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, has insisted President Trump won't be allowed to deliver his annual State of Union address in the chamber as is traditional until the partial government shutdown ends. Mr. Trump called the move a disgrace and a sad day for the country. He's talking of giving an alternative address. He's the BBC's Chris Buckler. There's been this exchange of letters, initially an invitation from Nancy Pelosi, then, of course, that invitation taken away. Then President Trump said, well, actually, I'm going to deliver it anyway, and I'm going to come, and there's no security concerns. Well, Nancy Pelosi is not backing down, and the latest in this exchange of letters has seen her say, well, frankly, you're not welcome while the government remains in shutdown, or at least in partial shutdown, here in Washington, D.C. And as a result, she's basically said, you cannot deliver this speech... But President Trump is already gearing up for something different. Donald Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, has postponed indefinitely his testimony to Congress due to take place in two weeks' time. According to Mr. Cohen's legal advisor, the delay is due to threats to Mr. Cohen's family from President Trump. Mr. Trump accused his former lawyer and fixer of lying. I would say he's been threatened by the truth. He's only been threatened by the truth. And... uh, uh, he doesn't want to do that probably for me or other of his clients. Uh, he has other clients also, I assume, and uh, he doesn't want to tell the truth for me or other of his clients. Michael Cohen was due to testify to Congress a month before starting a prison sentence for campaign finance violations. The royal families of Malaysia's nine states are meeting to elect a new king after the shock abdication of Muhammad V earlier this month. Malaysia's constitutional monarchy has a unique system of electing a new king every five years from among the country's nine Islamic sultanates. Reports indicate that Sultan Abdullah of Pahang State is the frontrunner to succeed to the national throne. A Christian politician whose campaign comments ignited widespread protests in Muslim-majority Indonesia has been released from prison after a controversial two-year sentence for blasphemy. A spokesman for the former governor of Jakarta, popularly known as Akok, said he left prison early this morning. In 2016, Akok made camping trial comments that hotliners seized on as blasphemy, triggering protests that brought hundreds of thousands of Muslims to the streets of Jakarta. Rice Group said the sentence highlighted why the easily abused blasphemy law should be repealed. Police in Arizona have arrested a nurse after a patient in a vegetative state at a care facility gave birth. 36-year-old Nathan Sutherland, reportedly responsible for the patient, has been charged with sexual assault and abusing a vulnerable adult. Clinic staff said they had no idea the 29-year-old woman was pregnant. The patient has been in the care of the clinic in Phoenix since she was a toddler. She went into labour in late December. Prosecutors in Germany have charged an Iraqi asylum seeker with the rape and murder of a 14-year-old girl in a high-profile case. Ali Bashar is accused of killing the girl named as Susanna F. in May last year. Here's the BBC's Danny Aberhart. The rape and murder of Susanna F. shocked Germany. Ali Bashar left the country under a false name soon afterwards. It then emerged that he was a suspect... The fact he'd been allowed to leave Germany, despite being wanted in a separate child rape case, sparked a public backlash. He was tracked down to the Kurdish region of northern Iraq and German police took part in an operation to fly him back. The Kurdish authorities alleged he'd admitted to the murder but not rape. Ali Bashar was appealing against the decision to deny him asylum in Germany at the time of the killing. The number of cases of Ebola in the outbreak in the Democratic Republic of Congo has exceeded 700, with 14 cases confirmed in one day, the highest number since the beginning of the outbreak in August. The Congolese Ministry of Health says almost 450 people are believed to have died from Ebola in the east of the country over the past five months. The Japanese food company Nissin has apologised after its advertising campaign appeared to portray the half-Japanese, half haitian tennis star Naomi Osaka with pale skin. Nissin said the artists involved had no intention of whitewashing Osaka and confirmed the advert had now been taken down. A New York billionaire has set the record for the most expensive home purchase in the United States, paying nearly two hundred forty million US dollars, that's over one point eight billion Hong Kong dollars for a penthouse overlooking Manhattan Central Park. Here's the BBC's Nada Torfic. The pricey
0: penthouse is located in a section of Midtown Manhattan, dubbed Billionaire's Row, where new luxury high-rises near Central Park have been built. A spokeswoman for Ken Griffin said he is expanding the New York offices of his hedge fund Citadel and therefore needed a place to stay while in town. According to the Wall Street Journal, which first reported the sale, the home spans roughly 24,000 feet and will be delivered
1: unfurnished as a white box. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,047, 40 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $46 billion. The U.S. dollar is trading at 109.53 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar 13 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 25 cents. Now to sports, here's Adam Chung.
0: We start with an update on the Australian Open tennis. The eighth seed Petra Kvitova is taking on the unseeded American Danielle Collins in the first women's semi-final today. That's followed by Karolina Pliskova versus Naomi Osaka. The first of the men's semi-finals takes place tonight. That's between Rafael Nadal and the 20-year-old Stefano Tsitsipas from Greece. Top seed Novak Djokovic plays the Frenchman Lucas Puil in the other men's semi-final match. That takes place tomorrow each time Djokovic reached the last four in Melbourne he's gone on to win the tournament and he'll start as favorite
1: being one of the four biggest events in our sport grand slam just uh, extracts a lot of motivation and inspiration to play your best always to get ready this was my uh, first grand slam trophy back uh, when I was 20 years old that opened a lot of doors for me obviously that was a huge confidence boost and um, I have the greatest memories from this court.
0: Manchester City have completed a 10-0 victory over a third-tier Burton in their English League Cup semi-final. Sergio Aguero scored the only goal in the second leg at Burton following the 9-0 win for City in the first leg at the Etihad. Now to the NBA, where the James Harden scoring spree continues. He's reached a career-best 61 points as the Houston Rockets beat the New York Knicks 114-110. to The game went back and forth in the final minutes before Harden made the go-ahead layup with less than four seconds remaining. Harden's 61 ties Kobe Bryant's record for most points scored by a visiting opponent at Madison Square Garden. Elsewhere, Indiana paid a heavy price for their 110 106 win over Toronto. Victor Oladipo suffered a serious knee injury that could alter the season for the Pacers. The All Star guard crumpled to the ground in the second quarter as he tried to defend an outlet pass. Oladipo will have an MRI today, but reports say he could be out for the season. The win put Indiana up to third in the East, two and a half games behind Milwaukee and Toronto. And finally, on the ice, Nazem Kadri recorded his fifth career hat trick as the Toronto Maple Leafs defeated Washington six-three to hand the Stanley Cup champions their seventh straight loss. Austin Matthews also scored for Toronto to end a seven-game goal drought. Washington skipper Alex Ovechkin scored in the second period to take his league-leading tally to 37. His 1,179th career point also puts him level with Sergei Fedorov for most NHL points scored by a Russian-born player. And that's your look at sports.
1: To end the news, the top story is once again. All kindergartens and childcare centres will be closed from Saturday to prevent the further spread of flu. The Legislative Council rejects a motion to summon Justice Secretary Teresa Cheng on C.Y. Leung's UGL case. The city's highest court says the 2014 baton attack by retired Superintendent Frankly Chu cannot be condoned. The news from RTHK.
0: Can you scared that you won't come down now? Didn't I tell you? There's a weight in the air, but you can't say why, why. Didn't I tell you, you were gonna break down. Didn't I want you, everybody wants you. Tell me what you're needing, giving to your bleeding. Never any feeling for yourself.